Hey listeners, this is Laura. And Steven. And this is our podcast, Midday Musings, where we take our lunch break to talk about things large and small. Today, we will be beginning our epic three-episode discussion of Gilmore Girls, the entire series. It's on everyone's fall rewatch list. I know it was on mine, and we will be spending quite a lot of time with it as we have been spending quite a lot of time watching it. If you're a fan, you're going to enjoy this. If you're not a fan, maybe we'll persuade you. Either way, it will be a fun journey, so let's get into it. Good afternoon. How's it going, Stephen? Good afternoon. It's going pretty well, Laura. I am excited and present and ready to get into episode four of our brand new, brand new speaking podcast. Oh, it is exciting. So uh, how are you feeling? I am I'm feeling somewhat relieved. I had I've had a chance to deal with some things uh, just that I had to handle. Now that I got them out of the way, I feel like I can really focus on just the weekend and preparing for more Halloween stuff. Ooh, were the things practical or emotional? <laughs> they were practical. They were oh. practical. Yeah, you just just stuff that needed to get done. Now that it's done, you know, you sometimes you just have these big rocks you, that wait until you do something with them they're just kind of blocking anything else that you can think about and then once they're done they're out of the way oh, yeah. they're good. They're good i love practical work like things that can be crossed off things that are tangible oh, yeah. definable and finishable oh yeah beautiful stuff right right how about you how are you doing well i'm 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 pretty good i'm coming off of a, a brief little cold tiny illness um, which took me out of commission for a couple of days. And uh, I went back into the gym today and was a, a tiny, weak baby, um, which was humbling, but good, because I needed to be humbled. I had been inside my bed for too long. It had made me feel too good. Too comfortable, too appreciated, and then they just destroyed you in the gym class. Oh, That's yeah, great. yeah. Um, and the gym class is great because um, a person you know – but listeners wouldn't know is there um anyone who goes to the gym knows that there are among the people a couple of mentors that just kind of have have lived at the gym for a decade and will like take new new gymmers under their wing and like tell them what to do oh yeah and uh we have we have one such gymmer uh at the the class that I went to today it was it was good to see him it's always nice to see what 10 years in the gym can do relative to my tiny post sick body that had just been made weak from 650 milligrams of, of acetaminophen a day. Mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah. He, he threw 20 pound medicine balls at me and I was like, that's far too heavy. <laughs> oh, <And> Jonathan. <laughs> Jonathan. I know who you're talking about, but yeah. I'm going to call him Jonathan for the sake of his privacy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's let's call him Jonathan. Jonathan. Yeah. I know exactly who you're talking about. He's way too strong for his own good. He's so strong. Way too strong. Uh, it's nice to have something to work towards. I, I love having having uh, mentors in, in areas that I'm trying to work on. Oh, absolutely. It shows and, you what yeah. you can do. It shows you what is what is possible for a person. And also, it kind of gives you an idea of how you could get there, too. You know, because you can talk to them, they can mentor you. It's it's nice, you know. Yeah, it's something I'd like to be at some point to someone, like eh, just a the bookstore cat of the gym. Take a little, take a little Jimmy 
a, a new a brand new spanking gym e under your wing and go all right here's what you want to do start throwing 20 pound medicine balls at them okay kid here's what you want to do you're gonna hang you're gonna hang on that bar you're gonna try and do pull-ups it's good for you and then when you can't do anymore you hang how long 20 years as long as you can just keep hanging from that bar do not let go for the love of christ do not let go oh my gosh sometimes you just work out so like i was dizzy in the first 10 minutes but i'm good i'm exercised and happy to not be sick anymore a little bit a little bit sad that we we finished off gilmore girls originale yeah. uh this last this last night it's kind of been on my mind what's been on your mind same like it's i mean seven seasons of gilmore girls and kind of watching it pretty consistently basically mm -hmm. every single night for the last two months i think has really just been it's the only show that i'm thinking about these days dude it's been three weeks at most three weeks no at most really yeah holy cow you've been watching a lot of it i know and they're like 22 episode seasons and they're only like 30 30 to 35 minutes no they're 40 minutes 40 minutes okay that's that's fair they're not full hours but they it's just been such a good show i, I think i've I think I saw a lot of it uh, the first four or five seasons. I know I have not finished it the first time around, but every now and then there'd be parts when she's in college. I'm like, this looks familiar or this seems familiar. Or like, I just keep hearing someone going, I'm an escrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The first time I watched Gilmore Girls, it was actually um, DVD sets that my college roommate had. And I think it was only the first couple of, of seasons yeah it, it necessarily couldn't be more than than five seasons because of how time works yeah but yeah i uh I, I love that show and it was social media i think that reminded me i had to watch it again for fall or su gently suggested in the way that algorithms do that i should watch it again for fall what do you connect to is it like the high school years for you or the college years because i i've found i have quite a bias it you know it what do I connect to? Great, great question. Uh, kind of all of it, honestly. Like there's not a part in the, there's not a single part in that series where I'm like, I am not invested in this. I'm not in love with these characters. Um, but for me, one thing that I've, um, one thing that I've noticed is there's kind of that question that I keep hearing about mm -hmm. Rory's love life. Like, are you team Jess or are you team uh, Dean? And I, I'm like, well, why is, Team Logan, not a thing because I mean, I know your position on this, uh, <laughs> so you're not going to fight me on this, but I'm yeah. so if there was a team to be on, I'm actually on team Rory, to be honest. Oh yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm on team whatever. Everyone's on team Lorelai's. Right. I'm on team whatever needs to get her to where she's going to be in the future. Cause she's so, it's so important to her, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but if I was on a team, it would be team Logan because I, I actually think he doesn't get enough credit for uh, the, person that he is in her life like how much good he brings to her life at the end of the day yeah yeah team logan is ignored or <clears throat> less less well represented online is what i've seen a lot of team jesses like team jess is a surprisingly healthy fan group huh. um what, confusing to me but but i love that for them <laughs> i mean like if they're talking romantic relationships, I don't really see it. But if they're talking right. like peer mentors, 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Best yeah. peer mentors ever. I, I think I think Jess has has incredible value to her mm -hmm. as a friend and absolutely no value to her as a significant other. Like I okay, so I actually I've noticed this in a couple of, of the fandoms, Buffy specifically, the shipper fandom for Buffy that it is seemingly the loudest is the Buffy Spike relationship fandom. And that horrifies me due to the attempted sexual assault. Same thing with <clears throat> with Rory and Jess. Like they just completely gloss over the attempted sexual assault. And I, to me, that's really unromantic. Uh, not not to not not to be controversial, but that's that's a deeply unromantic thing to me. That's very surprising. <laughs> very very controversial. Yeah. Yeah. So. If, as I have been asked recently um, on the teams, I will accept Team Dean. He's a nice first boyfriend. I'm into it, but I am hard Team Logan because he's like he behaves well within the like he is the only one behaving like a an actual man person, mm -hmm. and a lot of that has to do with he's, the fact that he's the oldest of the men that she dates but he behaves well is devoted he you know he gets a little a little uh, hot under the collar when it comes to jealousy and um and perceived rejection but we also saw the other boyfriends in in jealousy and perceived rejection and they behaved quite badly as well yeah i i still can't get over what a beautiful boyfriend move it is to navigate you towards a a professionally beneficial connection at a party like immediately oh, yeah. mm -hmm. like that one that one party episode in i guess season six or season seven i feel like it's season seven where she just introduces uh her to a guy who has an online journal journalism platform and has ins at the the new york times and he's like that is the first person you meet hello this is rory I'll leave you two to talk. Like, that's my love language. Yeah. Yeah. And it sets her up too, because that's a connection that actually gets her, you know, gets her further along. It's not just like, it, it doesn't yield nothing. And I really, I really like that impulse. Yeah. Know? And I, I suppose someone could uh, criticize him because they perceive him as the instigating factor in her dropping out of Yale for like a semester. But it but wasn't, it, it wasn't, wasn't him, him specifically. It was, I mean, I, I don't know if, we're, if we care about spoilers here, but obviously, like, it yeah, was... Yeah, um, if you care about spoilers, please, th this, is, the, this is not the place. But we're not going to go hard. We're no. not going to go hard on the spoilers. No, but it's more his family that is direct, that is responsible for her, like, you know, having the, the college issues that she has and the legal issues that she has. Like, that's that's more them that, 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 that damage her. He's just... He's also a victim of that family. This yeah, thing. yeah. His Daddy Huntsberger is rough. His family is just so powerful and so kind of messed up uh, that they just weave you into their web. They're like they're like Emily and, and Richard, but like turned up to a thousand, mm -hmm. like way more manipulative, way more powerful and way more willing to use that manipulation to get exactly what they want, but also to crush people if they feel like it. And it's just it's a rough crew to get wrapped up in, you know? Which is another reason that I'm so pro-Logan, because he comes from this, this place of imposing a family dynamic where power is so aggressively imposed. Um, 
on other people, but he does not impose himself. He's like, I saw this and I was like, nah, <laughs> uh, I choose another way. He's, he's an incredibly gentle operator and a good operator. Uh, and, and he doesn't, he, he tries to distance himself from the negative aspects of his family, which is A, brave, considering that they're essentially like the Murdochs, like they're, they're an analog for Rupert Murdoch's family, I think, because, you know, they own all of the newspapers. It's reflective of, to me, the, the potential for a next generation to be better. And that's what I feel like Rory is too. Like that's the, that's the language of Gilmore Girls, in my opinion. It's, it's a quiet conversation about generational iteration. So Lorelai Gilmore is different than her parents and Rory is different than Lorelai. And I, we don't know anything about Dean's, no, Dean's parents, he's exact, he becomes exactly like them, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. He, he gets into the marriage, doesn't go to college, sets up kind of something traditional and then, then goes down his little dark path. And Jess actually becomes like his mom too at the end of it. Yeah, Jess does. And it's, an, it's a positive, um, yeah. it's a positive arc, no question. I, I have nothing against um, Jess's character arc. I'm, it, it's, it's admirable, absolutely. Um, and, and so too with Logan, where he comes from so much privilege, really wants to distinguish himself, uh, tries to, I don't know, just tries to be his own person. And we're all, I, I think that's what's so inspiring about uh, Gilmore Girls and why you keep coming back to it. Every, it has space for everyone to be their own person. It, it has so many little oddballs in its, in its uh, character stack that, that it kind of makes you feel okay to be whoever you are mm -hmm. and to diverge in the ways that you want to diverge and develop in the ways you want to develop. It's, it's a, a tolerant place, Stars Hollow. Yeah, that's true. And there are characters that try to impose their will on other people, but, whenever, but those who do, they are when they're going hard into that, they're frequently the villain of the, the season or the couple episodes, you know, when they, when they try to be controlling or they try to, you know, just say, nope, I'm, control I'm in charge of your behavior. You can't do these things this way because I said so. Uh, the people who curtail individuality and independence are like villain adjacent at least they're foils to the main people in the story like when the when the gilmore grandparents who i loved i loved to death i love yeah. emily and richard like even though he's a little bit of a snake sometimes i love emily and richard so much the only time that they kind of fall into villain adjacent mode mm -hmm. is when they're trying to control rory when she's kind of falling off the wagon and they're trying to get her back on but they're doing it in a very not tactful way <laughs> You know, like they, they become, they are not a, smooth operators, become a problem, <laughs> yeah. you know, same thing with like, I don't know if I'd say the same thing with, uh, with Luke and, and Jess, but he does get, Luke does get a lot more ornery when he's trying to be controlling around Jess's behavior and almost again, like comes like kind of problematic during that. The most problematic he is throughout the entire series, which is not very much. He's usually pretty level-headed, pretty stable, just very grumpy. <laughs> He's he's just so used to being alone. He doesn't know how to manage other people. He really doesn't. He really doesn't. And to be honest, I feel like Jess probably deserved to be pushed off that bridge when he was, you know. It was a small bridge. It wasn't like, you know, it, it was like a, a bridge where the, the water is like a foot down. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Walt Disney said in a letter after he had lost um, Oswald the Rabbit, 
in in what is his lowest moment he was like you need a good hard failure when you're young yeah and that is what i saw happen with jess and that's what i think rory's whole yale dropping out situation oh, yeah. is um logan's uh failure in that business deal everyone needs a good hard failure when they're young and that's how they develop it's interesting to see that articulated and played out over seven seasons. Mm -hmm. you, you really watch people grow in, in, an, in an organic way. Yeah, you know, I mean, when you think about failure, Dean definitely comes to mind. And mm. I wonder what was going on with him in the background. I know he sort of drops off after season five, like when he's oh, like, yeah, I don't yeah. belong here anymore and just sort of leaves um leaves the gilmore girls and like i I'm, but he's still in the town but you I've but you never see him never yeah seen him again he's like, a question mark happens? question mark question mark i feel like there's opportunity for him to have at some point develop into a better a better person too because he also has a lot of failure early on and if it does assuming it doesn't crush him you know i think he's got opportunity to bounce back i think so too De dean's a dean's a nice kid i'm i'm rooting for him and I did see him in the uh, the trailer for Gilmore Girls, A Year, Year in the, the Life. Life. Yeah. So so I'm excited to know what he got up to. Jess, I think it's pretty clear that he's going the professional artist route. Um, and apparently Rory is Jack Kerouacking. Uh, yeah, based on the trailer, right? Oh, yeah, <laughs> dude. Um, I think that the internet has kind of turned against Rory Gilmore in the the like intervening years. I'm not going to address that. I don't know enough about it. But I think it's so, so funny because the other thing that the internet does is say, remember how all us gifted kids were like, we're amazing. And then we got into adulthood and it's like, ah, that's Rory's story, right? Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, the gifted millennial who, who did everything that they thought they, they were supposed to going off into the world and not quite knowing what to do. It, I think it's really notable that Gilmore Girls went from 2000 to 2007, so they never dealt with the Great Recession, which mm -hmm. to me was kind of a sea change for all of us. Like, we're still feeling the echoes of it. And I think that's the defining moment in, in millennials' lives, because we were all getting out of college, or we were all going into college, getting out of college, in that sort of performing the the actions we thought were needed to be successful. Then the Great Recession happened and it was like, oh, everything you know about um, American professionalism is now thrown into question. We don't address that shared trauma, I think, at all as, as a nation. What's nice about the COVID lockdown is we all, like literally everyone in the entire world went through it and I feel like we can talk about it together but nobody talks about the Great Recession, even though it was similarly seismic, even though we're still like feeling it now in terms of the housing crisis. Like we, we've been under building houses for the last 15 years because like directly because of the housing crash and the Great Recession. And we're still feeling that as millennials trying to buy houses. So it's like this hidden villain in all of our histories, but it never touches Gilmore Girls. Mm. Gilmore Girls remains beautiful and sort of like 20th century idyllic stars hollow great comfort viewing it really is it really is and i briefly looked up some uh some of the why does why do people hate rory stuff i still don't have a good reason even just kind of perusing some of those 
I don't even want to get into it because I don't care. You know, if some if someone wants to tell me why they hate why they hate Rory, I would be happy to listen. But I don't really see a solid reason to hate her. I don't really see a solid reason to hate almost anyone in that show. Even the people yeah. who show up initially as kind of villainy, like uh, uh, Mitch 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 Huntsberger, who's basically mm-hmm. Rupert Mur- Rupert Murdoch, but yeah. in Star's Hollow World. Even his motivations become more clear and actually positive. Like he actually genuinely cares about Logan succeeding in mm-hmm. life, not just controlling him as you might expect. Like he, like and he and Rory get on well, sort of on the same page. <laughs> um, They're in the same book. Yeah, like so many of the people who kind of do mess up things earlier on very much redeem themselves later on i think there isn't a single character in gilman girls that i'm like i hate that person i hate them like yeah not kirk not taylor dozy not um you know not mitch hunsberger not even his wife like who said some very very snarky things to oh Rory. yeah and heard her her son got into a major accident in costa rica and immediately checked herself into a spa do you remember that? No. Oh my Is that goodness. What she did? That's what she did. Like she didn't show up at the hospital. She was in a spa for herself. Dealing with the trauma of finding out that her son was in a major accident, probably. Oh yeah, that's that's wild. <laughs> that is some wild family color. Right? Yeah. But I think the lesson of of Gilmore girls, uh, of the characters there is that no one is a villain if you stay with them long enough and see them in enough conditions yeah. and i found that to be true of of uh human beings in real life there are some people in my world where you're like oh. yeah <laughs> but they're never evil like they are always behaving in a manner consistent with their values and the people that they love and, and if you stay with them long enough you will become sympathetic to their plight yeah yeah, even Emily Gilmore, who in the first I love couple, Emily. she is great. But I didn't know, I didn't, so I didn't feel that way in the first couple of seasons. Though, no, right? Because you don't see enough of her flaws, you don't see enough of her her struggle. You're just like, wow, she's really draconian. She's mm. basically like, <laughs> as as Lorelai mentions, you basically pull pot in like a fancy dress. But you start seeing why she is that way, why she's so rigid and specific. And like it's basically her job. Like she she runs the Richard and Emily's house, and it, it's sometimes she questions the value of what she does. She's like, I haven't done anything in my entire life, you know. But she does do so much. She does so much, and I feel like there's just a lot of pressure on her to perform because of, of Richard. Richard has some high expectations. Honestly. Well, that and her social circle, right? Absolutely. Like she's, she's in a closed social circle where. Things that don't matter to us absolutely do ma- matter within her cultural oh, context. Yeah. And I find that's usually the thing with, with other human beings. When you're not sympathetic to them, it's more to do with the fact you haven't, you haven't grasped their cultural context than that they're actually consumed with something meaningless. Like um, in my family, we communicate, our, our shared language is film and television. So we will discuss film and television as sort of a way to discuss other deeper topics in a safe setting because mm. there's a pretty widespread politically in the family but we can all come to movies and television to have our shared language to a lot of people though that might be seen as trivial mm. they're like oh that's just media but it's like no this is the 
this is our common ground, the safe, magical circle we can all inhabit without stepping on each other's personal toes. And that's, that's Emily Gilmore's being served the first cup of tea yeah. at the DAR. Very important to her. So important Very to her, important. And in her and her environment. It's really fun to do that because it's just, oftentimes you have these controversial topics that are addressed in TV and media, you know, in a way, in a format where like, oh, now everyone can accept it because it's taken out of its formal, like its official context. So you can talk about it without the, the danger of being too close to the real thing. And you're doing that in your family and friend conversation. I love to do it too. Clearly we do it a lot. Yeah. Like we've been doing it today. Yeah, yeah actually we're, uh, we're coming up on time. So do we want to close out this conversation, pick it back up in next episode? Yeah, I think so. All right. It's been a joy talking with you about Gilmore Girls. Been watching a ton of it. Looking forward to catching up on a year in the life. See what that's like. And um, yeah, thanks for thanks for having me on, Laura. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Um, we'll catch you on the next lunch break. Alrighty, sounds good. Bye. Bye. This has been Stephen and Laura. Thanks for tuning in to Midday Musings, the podcast where we talk about all things large and small. Be sure to follow us on Spotify and look out for polls and Q and A's in future. We'd love to hear from you. Share your thoughts and reactions with us on Spotify and on social media. Catch your next lunch break.